And she would kill Nazis through seduction. Hell yeah. Um, it's, it's kill like, your local Nazi. Yeah. We are um, taking a break from the heaviness for a little bit. <laughs> Shit. I think we all just need a little break for a sec. Thanks for joining us again. Once again, another week. Yes, I am Amanda. I'm Morgan. My episode is on Freddie Overstein and her sister, Truce Overstein. Such an awkward place to dink. This week I'm covering something a little different. It still involves murder, but it's more of like a vigilante style of murder, given that this woman was a Dutch resistance member during the occupation of Netherlands during the World War II, and she would kill Nazis through seduction. Hell yeah. Um, Kill your local Nazi. Yeah. It's going to be a short one, but I hope that this is going to be like a chill... After William Bowden, I think anything's chill. Do your laundry while you listen to this kind of thing. So, born on September 6, 1925 in Schoten, Netherlands, Freddie lived with her sister Truce on a barge with her family. Building this big flat boat, before the war, the Oberstein family would harbor in people from Lithuania on their barge. Freddie's parents split and she moved to a small apartment with her mother and would later have a half-brother. They live in poverty also. I would imagine this was hard for the family, but even still, they were still heroes and kind people even before World War II. They harbored a Jewish family in their home as well. So they've always been like, we're gonna help whoever needs help. Like, right, they're very selfless people. Yeah, they they always had somebody in their home who needed. Once again, selfless sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who needed he needed something like. You know what I realized? You got a hard on for the old times. I do. <laughs> I love the old times. I feel like people don't talk about it as much. That's like, fair. Sixties and seventies had a lot of serial killers, but that was like very still pretty modern. But back then, like people still fucking murdered and. <laughs> That's true. It, I mean, will, it will always be a thing. Little tipsy, four glasses of wine. Oh, my God, yeah. Is your contact bothering you? Yeah, it is. <laughs> you want to go check it? No. People always fucking murdering. I mean, forever, yeah. Forever. I like, think a lot of people don't do stories about, like, really long ago because the evidence wasn't there. Freddie and Chu's mother considered herself a communist and taught their daughters the importance of fighting injustice. Their mother drove them on a high morale principle and preparedness and self-sacrifice for when it really mattered. In May of 1940, the Nazis invaded Netherlands. In a response to this, the two sisters joined their mother in vandalizing German posters. This act was considerably dangerous and was punishable by death. They used their youth as a cover so that they were less likely to be subjected to working for the resistance. They were like very young girls. During the war, Freddie only being 14 at the time, their mother allowed her and her sister to join the Council of the Resistance. Freddie and Truce would work with their friend Hanny Shaft to sabotage Nazi, the Nazi military presence in the Netherlands. Hanny Shaft was, like, really the heroine of this story. Um, Hanny Shaft had a movie about her. Like, this, she was really the hero. I mean, they were all heroes, but she... She really, like, shined through. She was, like, gung-ho, like, fuck these people. Yeah. As she should have. Are you fucking kidding me? Hanny was a part of their devious group until the Nazis arrested and killed her in 1945, three weeks before the war ended in Europe. 
Apparently, Hanny's last words were after only being wounded by her executioner initially, like, tried to kill her but missed. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm a better shot. Damn. Hell yeah. We love a headstrong bitch. Love it. Yes. They would use dynamite to disable bridges and railroad tracks. They also helped Jewish children by smuggling them out of the country and out of the concentration camps. They also would murder German shoulders. Shoulders. German shoulders. (laughs) Amanda, we have German shoulders. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Soldiers, with Freddie being first to do so via gun while riding a bicycle, she and her sister and friend would lure soldiers into the woods under romantic suggestion and kill them. Mm. It began with the girls leading men into the woods that another member of the resistance could shoot an SS officer. But later, Freddie and Chus learned to do that on their own and began on going on assassination missions by themselves. They were kind of just luring men into the woods and then somebody else would shoot them. Yeah. Which is like a pretty... So, like, they were, like, subsequently not the killers. They're bait, really. Yeah. They're bait. But that's that's a risk in itself. A selfless sacrifice. Yes, for sure. Later, they focused on killing Dutch collaborators for arresting and endangering Jewish refugees. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Is it the wine? I don't know. Do you need water? Later, they focused on killing Dutch collaborators for arresting and endangering Jewish (laughs) referees. You can keep this in. I don't care. Refugees. Refugees. It's hard, it's hard to say refugees without, I don't know. Fuck. With alcohol in your blood. Yes. <laughs> and fellow resistance members. Jewish referees. <laughs> uh, you can't laugh about the Holocaust, you fucked I up individual. It's fine. <laughs> it happened so long ago. It's okay. Gosh, run it back. <laughs> No, I'm not running it back. It's going to stay. A former researcher from the Netherlands Institute of War, Holocaust, and Genocide Studies said that these sisters were quite unusual and a lot of women were a part of the resistance, but not in the same way that Freddie and Truce were, with their unknown record of men murdered by their hands. Now, Wiki doesn't have very much coverage on the topic, but I need to go more into the subject. Even if you're killing for the good of your country, it's still not, you're not going to be mentally healthy to do so. History.com is where I've pulled some of these other information from, but it covers more of the trauma the sisters dealt with after the war and all of the murdering and death. A lot of stories covering this topic glorify the three girls' efforts and most make light of it in a way that they possibly may have enjoyed murdering the resistance. Listening to them when they're older, they're like, we hated it. We, they did not like it. They were not like, oh, we're going to go out. We're going to have fun. We're going to... Right. They were only doing it purely for the good of their own country. Yeah. yeah they and for the good of, like, the civilians. Yes. They did not enjoy it. After the war, Trush began to create sculptures and later spoke and wrote about her time and the efforts towards the resistance. It said that Freddie coped by getting married and having children. Even still, her experiences caused her insomnia, and in an interview, Freddie recalled seeing someone shot and fall before her and having the human-natured response and impulse to help them. Shrews told interviewers that the two did not feel as if it was suited for them. Murder never suits anyone unless you're a real criminal. Right. Like, they were like, God, this person died because of me. But they knew, like, they're, like, they're for the opposing cause. Like, right. we need... They aren't there just strictly to murder these people. Like, maybe maybe this person is a quote-unquote good person. You gotta do it. Yep. You have to give them a yep. threat to worry about. For a long time, the Netherlands never recognized Freddie Artuse's efforts and achievements and sidelined them as communists, which, via their mother, they were. 
But in 2014, the two were received the War Mobilization Cross for their service to their country, which is good for them. I mean, yeah, sure. I mean, honestly. They were pretty old by then, though, but... I really tried to find a specific story, but it seems like a lot of them are under lock and key. I don't have time to buy and read a book and decipher if it has a story worth telling. And anything I would find in a movie was dramatized. I guess I could have gone to the library and maybe I would have had this podcast as bringing me some kind of income. But not so nobody pays me to do this, so y'all be getting some free information. I'm just giving the luxury of telling it to you from the kindness of my heart. But I did take the time. I was on call, and I watched the girl with the red hair, and it's in German. There's no subtitles, and I watched an hour of it for the sake of y'all. How did you watch that? Struggled. (laughs) Do you know German? No, barely. I took German for two years in high school. And you just pieced that shit together? Yeah, I mean, I feel like you can tell a lot by people's attitude and their body language, but... um, it, I think it was from following Hanny, but she went to the pool, was, like, watching, noticed this guy going to the pool, and then snuck into his locker room and took his pictures and information shit. And uh, it was it's very high-tense. And the, and the movie was very good. Like, hmm. the the camera angles were, like, pretty good for as old as, as, old as the movie was. It was hmm. in black and white. He and this guy went and got this guy's schedule, I'm assuming he was on the opposing side, of course. And she stood there, waited for him to cross, shot him two times in the back, and then ran away with this guy. And then they went to this house. I'm assuming this woman was, like, the wife of some kind of, like, SS officer or something. And for some reason, she came out. She looked a lot like the main girl. She had red hair, same thing. And they pulled up acting like her chauffeur. Mm-hmm. And she went to like get into the car, and she came out, shot her a couple times, and got back in the, got back in the car, and they left. Mm. Which is honestly kind of dumb, like you're just leaving the bodies or whatever. But at the same time, I don't think that that was really. I a, mean, there's no evidence. It's not a concern at this time, really. Yeah. If you really feel like watching a German movie with no subtitles, then sure, watch The Girl in the Red Hair. The sisters never revealed how many they killed and kept a lot of details to themselves. I don't believe they ever glorified their murder. One of the Freddy's children said that it seemed like the war was only another day in their mother's mind. Freddy only lived until one day before her 93rd birthday on the 5th mm. of September, 2018. Mm. Truce also died at the age of 94 in 2014. Um, this is the quote, What's Her Name podcast. What's Her Name is what it's called. Has an episode covering this trio in a 53-minute long episode, episode 64 to be exact. I had a difficult time finding any movies that specifically highlighted Freddie and Truth suffered, but The Girl with the Red Hair follows the story of her friend, Hanny Shaft. I might um, actually watch it soon. I did. This is obviously after I wrote this article. I also read a very short book in high school called For Freedom that covers the tale of a teenage girl French spy during World War II. So what is your opinion on children's soldiers slash spies? I mean, I feel like their mom kind of raised them to have that point of view. And she definitely played like a large impact on what they did. But I mean, they did it selflessly. They knew what they were getting themselves into, I think. I don't think they went into it blindly. I think so, too. But I think they went in with a mission and came out. Being a part of, like, a coddled-type 
like raising. Mm-hmm. I feel like if your mom is very like coddling and we're not going to subject you to any kind of like viciousness, viciousness of reality, and then suddenly being like, hey, we're going to go fight a war in like a subsequent way. I feel like it's, it's a war on your doorstep. You got to do what you got to do. Well, yeah, because they were used to it. They were used to it, but... I mean, they were harboring harboring Jewish refugees anyways. They were helping them escape. Yeah, they were used I mean, to it. they definitely... They were in it from the second they were born. Yeah. Like, and, I, and I think all is fair in love and war. Mm-hmm. I think they grew up to have very happy, virtually, virtually healthy, healthy lives. Yeah, so I mean, they lived to be rather they, old. They had kids, they grew old, whatever, but that kind of shit always stays with you. Well, they were deemed honorable... In yeah. the Netherlands, I mean, they thanked them for what they did. After a while. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know what I mean. Yeah, but I don't I don't think when you do something like that, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be honored and shit. You're oh, like, no, you for sure what, not. You just do what you got to do. So, um... Some badass bitches right there. Yeah. And there, I bet they and had cool stories, though. There's many more out there, but the fact that they didn't talk about it was like, there's things that happened behind that the they shadows talking that about. you don't know. Yep. I think that this is a very nice, lighthearted episode. Very no, quick. No genital m- mutilation <laughs> happened. No sodomy, yeah. no copulation, it's, no ice picks driven yes, through the ear. Yes, it's fine. Thank you for uh, taking a little break with us. <laughs> Our um, plugs are crimeinthecoconut at gmail.com, crimeinthecoconut on Facebook, crimeinthecoconut on Instagram. And CITC Podcasts. With an S on Twitter. We thank you for listening. Hopefully. This was a reliever. Yeah. And um, stay safe. Stay safe. It's all it's all real. It's all been real since the dawn of time. So yep. see you next time. Yep. See ya. Thanks. Love you. Thank you. Bye.